0: There once was a man named Gold Roger, who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko Table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko Table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! yo, 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 everyone. That is the voice of your Yonko host for tonight, Dr. Jace Attorney. And today we are going to be deep diving chapter 1061 of One Piece. Uh, for those that don't know, the unofficial scans have already come out. Of course, the official scans drop traditionally on Sunday of every week on Viz Media, sometimes the day before, the day after. But typically, it's on every Sunday. Uh, But right now, we have chapter 1061 out and about. And oh my goodness. (laughs) Like, Oda's been on a streak these last uh, couple weeks. I'm telling you, this guy has been on his A-game for so many chapters. And it's it's almost setting like an unfair precedent for one piece moving forward because I feel like we're really going to be having such a high standard for every chapter of one piece. And because of that, um, it, you know some chapters might not have groundbreaking stuff like this and then we're gonna come back here and basically say oh well that chapter was mid there was there was no bombshells dropped in, in, in this week's chapter and it's like come on man like not every chapter is gonna be a bombshell but for the last several weeks One Piece has just been on some astronomical game changing levels and it's not even a joke like I feel like uh, One Piece has been on its A game and chapter 1061 just solidifies that. Okay. So let's start off with the cover page, right? Uh, it's Gurma 66's cold blooded voyage volume 19. Time to escape. Niji and Yonji are free. So you basically see the brothers, the, the Vinsmoke family escaping with, um, Goodness, uh, Caesar Clown, and I think that's on Whole Cake Island. Yeah, I try my best to keep up with these cover stories. They're not all bangers, and especially if you're reading this, reading this weekly, um, it's it's kind of hard to keep up with everything uh, as we're going along. So, uh, but anyways, aside from that, let's let's go down a little bit further. Um, okay, so. The chapter basically picks up where we left off last week with the Straw Hats. They notice Jewelry Bonnie being basically um, trapped in like this whirlwind of water and it's it's crazy, you know. We, we know who Jewelry Bonnie is, but for some reason she's out here in the ocean and we're like, hey, wait a minute, Jewelry Bonnie, what, ho, what's going on here? You're, you're not supposed to be here, so jewelry bonnie needs to be rescued so luffy and chopper get you know thrown out into the air to you know go and save them right and uh from there let's see here from there uh they manage to catch jewelry bonnie basically fling her back to the ship but then we see what exactly was chasing jewelry bonnie and of course it is a giant mechanical shark underwater which is crazy and it's somewhat cartoonish you know this this robot shark you know looks menacing obviously but um it's it has like this toothy grin it's always smiling and uh it's almost acting like like a, a clown almost in regards to how it's behaving. So, anyways, the, the the robot shark basically tries to tries to take a chomp out of the straw hat Sunny, and uh, it it thankfully misses. Thank God. But everyone's taken a bag the ship is basically flung into the air from the you know uh the propulsion of the shark trying to eat the sunny so of course it gets flung into the air and it splashes into the water and you know it doesn't capsize yet. It's about to get there pretty, pretty soon. Uh, but Jimbei, being clutch as always, jumps into the water and he's basically going in there to save Luffy and Chopper. Clutch Jinbei because goodness, if Jimbei was not here, if if they did not have a fishman on the boat, specifically Jinbei, these two would have died hands down right here. Uh, Luffy and Chopper. That that would have been death for them, a hundred percent. So. Luffy and Chopper are drowning. Jimbei to the rescue, but then that leaves a question: What about the rest of the Straw Hats? So, uh, the mechanical shark obviously is mechanical. It locks onto the Sunny and it fires missiles. So that's when we know: Okay, th- this shark, th- th- this shark is strapped. Okay, this thing does not play games whatsoever. I mean, apparently it does not. So it takes out the Sunny and it basically flips it over into the ocean. Now, we normally don't get scenes like this in One Piece where the Sunny is, like, struggling in the waters that they're in. Uh, Usually, you know, they kind of make an escape or the Luffy and the crew have to protect it from fire or cannon fire or what have you. This is one of the few times in the series where it's like, wow, the Sunny is underwater and it is drowning. It is like it, it cannot get back up to the surface. It, if no one comes to this ship's rescue, these crewmates are dead. And, of course, once once the ship capsizes, we switch over to Jinbei going in to save Luffy and Chopper. And then we switch back to the mechanical shark. Of course, um, the shark starts attacking Jinbei. But then we all of a sudden see a robot. A robot, uh, for lack of better words, teleports behind the mechanical shark with a kunai knife and says, nothing personal, kid, and just slugs it straight in the face. Now, at first glance, I initially thought this was Frankie. I thought maybe Frankie, when the ship capsized, he sent out a Frankie cyborg suit to, like, rescue the Sunny and rescue the rest of the crewmates. Uh, But looking at the robot... That that is not Frankie. Now, of course, it had the su- it had the star on it. So initially, I thought, oh, look, it has the star that Frankie has over you know every single one of his uh, suits. So um, in this case, I thought, oh yeah, that's Frankie. But no, if you look really closely on the suit of um of 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 the, of the frankie robot i call it the frankie robot of the robot of the suit it says vega force one and at that point you're like wait a minute vega no i can't be impossible there's no way it is so you fast forward that robot basically slugs the mechanical shark and stops it from proceeding forward meanwhile you look over at the sunny and it's like the waters of New World are keeping the Sunny from floating back to the top of the ocean. It is, like, you see Zoro gasping for breath. Usopp's out, okay? <laughs> Usopp, Usopp was out the second they touched water. Um, everyone's drowning. Everyone is straight-up drowning, and it's like, who is going to save these guys? I, I don't know. I don't know. Jinbei currently is preoccupied with other matters, and this mechanical shark just... Doesn't know when to stop. It doesn't know when to stop. But thankfully, that robot came in to save the day. Meanwhile, we transition over to uh, the G-14 naval base. We don't get this a lot, but we get to see what's going on with uh, Tashigi and... And, uh, well, I I, I was going to say Captain Smoker, but Captain Smoker is not in this chapter. Uh, but we do get to see the, um, I forgot which kids they these were. These were the gigantic kids from Punk Hazard, I believe. I just don't remember if they had like a name or like if they're considered like um, the giant kids of Punk Hazard. But these are basically the kids from Punk Hazard that Toshigi and Smoker had to, Basically take care of once Punk Hazard was, uh, you know, over and done with. So, and then we also get a Vice Admiral here, G14 Commander, Vice Admiral Dahl. Now, I don't think we've ever seen this character before, but I already know that she's going to be a fan favorite. Easily just, just from that first panel. That first panel, we see her, it's like, okay, okay. I We, we know how the One Piece fandom is, They're already going to be so obsessed with Vice Admiral Dahl. And I could be wrong. Maybe we've seen this character before. I personally don't remember her. Um, so I I have no idea right uh, but they're mentioning Helmeppo and Helmeppo, our good boy Helmeppo, really wants to go in and save Kobe because as we know from last week's chapter and I think the chapter before that uh, Blackbeard left with Kobe to do what with A- and under what circumstances we have no idea we have no idea as to why Kobe went with Blackbeard if it was willingly if it was against his will if he's being tortured we don't we do not know. But Helmeppo, it's nice to see uh, Helmeppo's relationship with Kobe put to the test because, you know, we knew that they were training partners under GARP when they joined the Navy. Uh, but, you know, it's nice to see, like, okay, okay. Kobe is gone, but Helmeppo is right here bawling. He is bawling with uh, the Rear Admiral, Prince Gruss. And basically saying, please, can we please go and save Kobe, man? I, we owe Kobe. Um, this other character, I don't remember her too well. Navy HQ Commander Hibati. Um Again, if she was introduced in New World, maybe that's why I probably don't remember her. Uh, or maybe she's a new character. I, I'm not entirely sure. But Helmeppo, I, I remember Helmepo. Um, But yeah, basically the uh, rear admiral on... Um, on uh, G14, he's basically saying, "Listen, man, we are not sailing into Blackbeard's turf. We are not going into that territory. I'm sorry, we're we're just not doing it." Um, so unfortunately, it's it sucks to suck, but uh, you know I, I don't want to go there. And Helmeppo is at first I thought he was referencing a name at this point, and again that's one of the, that's one of the things with these. Um, unofficial translations you're never too sure if this is like a pun or if it's making a reference to something but um uh Helmetbo basically is begging uh Prince Gruss and he's saying Egghead's so close to us why can't we deploy a seraphim Egghead at first I I thought Helmetbo was referring to Kobe just because you know Kobe's head is just Well, before it was shaped kind of like a peanut. Now it's shaped a little bit, you know, more symmetrical. Uh, So I I thought he was saying, you know, Kobe's like just, you know, not that far away. He's so close to us. Let's deploy a Seraphim. We'll get back to this egghead comment, right? Uh, Because that's actually referring to something. And, um, uh, but Prince Gruss at this point is saying, uh, guys, you guys are freaking crazy. We are not, we are not deploying a Seraphim. Uh, we don't even have a hold of Drake either. So we're in no position to act right now. So that's all we get from the Navy side of things on how they want to, uh, handle the Kobe situation. We then transition back to, um, with, uh, goodness, Luffy, Jimbei. And, uh, Chopper. Apparently, I I, I completely omitted this uh, a couple minutes ago, but Jinbei also saved Jewelry Bonnie because, of course, Luffy had reached out and helped Jewelry Bonnie in that instance when they flung out into the ocean. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of the, you know the, the casual One Piece fan that keeps up with the manga but doesn't really know every single character... I like how Oda's acknowledging that, and you know, Jewelry Bonnie's saying like, "How can you not know who I am? I'm part of the worst generation, just like you. Hello, we were both on S- Sabioti two years ago. Like, what what's going on with this? Why don't you remember me? The casual fan is not going to remember Jewelry Bonnie. Some will, some will remember Jewelry Bonnie. But because, you know, not every single uh, Supernova has had a chance in the spotlight to really showcase themselves, it's understandable if, uh, you know, a fan just forgot about Jewelry Bonnie. I I sure as hell, n- not right now, but for a time, I really did forget about Jewelry Bonnie. Uh, just because we were having a lot of screen time with other Supernovas. We were getting Kid, um, Capone, uh, Law, uh, you know, everyone besides Jewelry Bonnie was getting a moment in the spotlight, right? So Jewelry Bonnie, once again, acknowledging, hey, you know, don't forget we're enemies, but, um, I'm going to thank you for saving me bacon back there. Right? So loopy's like, Hey, don't worry about it. It's just, it's just how I roll and that's just how we do things so jewelry Bonnie funny enough as she's drying off her clothes she mentioned something very interesting about Luffy's wanted poster and it got me thinking about why exactly this is the case uh jewelry Bonnie basically asked Luffy you know what's the deal with your wanted poster I thought your hair was white now uh they made quite a stir about it in the papers you know I found it very interesting that the government decided to put out Luffy's Wanted poster with him having white hair. Now, you would think the Wanted poster for a criminal with a, I think, what, 3 billion uh, Barry Bounty on his head right now? They would want to use an image that most accurately um, you know, reflects Luffy on a day-to-day life. So the previous Wanted posters before then have always matched that MO, right? They've always just been Luffy just either smiling or waving to the camera, what have you. It's Luffy looking normal they've never really shown luffy like going into gear two luffy going into gear three gear four they show what you're most likely going to encounter luffy as um and their wanted posters however for the updated wanted poster they have luffy with white hair and of course we know that that's um gear five and the question now is So, is the government assuming that Luffy now has white hair and that he can't turn it off? It's it's very strange. It's definitely very strange. Um, I'm wondering what direction the government has in having Luffy's wanted poster him in gear 5. Because, again, all the other wanted posters, then again, not a lot of characters in One Piece on the Straw Hats have, you know... um, Physical changing forms that would warrant an updated wanted poster But it's very interesting that jewelry Bonnie pointed that out. She's like hey your wanted poster shows you with white hair What's the deal with that? So I'm wondering you know What exactly that means what's the hidden meaning behind having a Luffy in a new gear form as your wanted poster? Because again Luffy's not always in gear 5 He is just casually walking around as Luffy and you're most likely gonna see him like that so I find it very odd that um, his Wanted poster has white hair now. But in response to Jewelry Bonnie uh, mentioning the white hair on his poster, this is where, of course, we have to really look at what the official translation is going to be. We don't know exactly what this one is referring to, but uh, Luffy responds by saying, Oh, that. That's just how I look when I'm totally free. And that's very... Very interesting what Luffy means by that. Now, of course, this could be an unofficial translation or it could be the official translation, uh, but I like... I like what Luffy means by that, because we know the whole point of him being him wanting to be King of the Pirates, or just even being a pirate in general, are the individuals with most freedom. And that's in direct opposition to the world government. So, I wonder if they're going to build off of this uh, phrasing right here, if this is the actual translation that is going to be in the Viz Media release. Uh, but right now, Jewelry Bonnie's like, I, 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 I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Uh, you know what? I don't even care about it. Where's the rest of your crew? Are they okay? And, of course, Luffy just kind of shrugs it off and is like, ah, you know, whatevs. I, they, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll they'll find their way. I trust them. You know, they, they go into, uh, you know, shady situations all the time. They will be A-okay. Uh, but in response, of course, Jinbei asks, hey, Jewelry Bonnie, You were out here by yourself, but you are the captain of your own crew. So what happened to your ship and crew? Jewelry Bonnie responds, saying that she came alone and that the metal monster gobbled up her ship. Now, I'm wondering if by that she means her crew is dead because that... I mean, I don't know. I I doubt that metal shark was going around swallowing ships whole to store it in its, I guess, metallic stomach. That shark looked like it was going around, like you know, eating, like trying to destroy stuff. Of course, we know where the shark came from much later in the chapter, but that shark didn't look like it was pulling punches. So I'm wondering what Jewelry Bonnie means by this. Where is her crew dead? Is her is her ship? Is her ship gone? I'm, I'm, I am very, very curious about that. Uh, but, of course, uh, Luffy and them really don't care. Or, rather, Luffy, specifically. He's he's just very hungry. He's he's very, very, very hungry. Um, and Joribani, you know, reminds him, Hey, wait a minute. Don't you guys have a clue of where you are? This is a government island. We're on Egghead. Now, of course... This goes back to what I was saying earlier where Helmepo was saying Egghead is close by. Egghead was referring to an island. And of course, Luffy, Chopper, and Jinbei right now are on Egghead Island. And as Jewelry Bonnie describes it, this island is said to be 500 years in the future. Now, of course... That, that phrasing gets explained a little bit by the statement that follows after that where Jewelry Bonnie says this is Dr. Vegapunk's research lab it is based out here on Egghead Island and she, based, she also stated um, Vegapunk's the reason I'm here and we've got business so basically from here this is where things get very interesting so this is Vegapunk's island. We are on Egghead. And going back to what Jewelry Bonnie said, 500 years in the future. At first your your mind might, you know, jump to these insane conclusions like, wait, 500 years, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is this a time traveling island? What does that mean? Let's dial it back a little bit. If this is the research lab of um Vegapunk's island, then this man is the leading scientific force of the entire world not just the navy not just on devil fruits this is the entire world Vegapunk knows everything that needs to be known in one piece so by 500 years in the future the way i take that as is his technology his research his inventions they are so far advanced that this island where he bases his laboratory in is essentially 500 years in the future. It, it's just that ahead of its time. So I'm very curious what we're what like you know technology are we going to see on this island? Um, you know we sometimes suspend our disbelief, but to my knowledge, I don't think there's a modern like form of television in one piece i I, again i'm trying to go back and really dig deep into um what i'm thinking about when it comes to technology in one piece because we have like you know the the transponder snails right um and to be honest that's basically it when it comes to communication the transponder snails are basically like your form of well a, a telephone in a way um But to my knowledge, there's no modern-day television in One Piece. This might be, you know, you you might see a television here. And you'll get characters saying, Whoa, how did they get, you know, this person in the box? How how do they fit inside this box? I guarantee you it's going to be something insane like that. Uh, But that's where it's going to start. And it's just going to build up from there. Because there's way more interesting technology on Egghead Island that we can get into Um, ...as to what Vegapunk can be making. So... ...we also have at that same time... ...the robot that slugged the crap... ...out of the mechanical robot... ...or rather the mechanical shark... uh, ...basically pick up... ...the Sunny... ...it it, it saves it from the... (laughs) ...the turbulent waters... ...of New World... ...because otherwise... ...these guys were going to drown. And then of course funny enough you get characters that react in different ways um you kind of have uh, Zoro and Nami just kind of like oh man what's going on here what what just saved us and you have our boys Usopp and Frankie just starstruck they're like bro this is a giant robot this is really cool now I, I mean at first you would think at least Usopp will be terrified at the sight of this thing, this thing just popped out of the water, and it is just—I mean, you don't know if it's you know uh, hostile or not, but I guess you know it—it it saved them from the water, so they're probably just gonna assume the best-case scenario right now. Um, so that's that's really cool. I like that. You know, Frankie and Usab—they're starstruck. They're like, "Oh my God, it's a giant robot!" But then. The chest piece of the robot opens up. I think it's the chest piece, right? Is it the chest piece? I think it's the chest piece. It, the the camera kind of zooms in on where like the actual hole is opening up on the robot. So not really sure where this person is coming from, but there's someone inside the robot. And when they come out of the robot, they basically stay. This won't do at all. It's another failure. I wonder why though perhaps overriding primal desires is simply impossible and you can tell this character is directly referring to the mechanical uh, shark that was attacking the sunny and uh, of course Frankie basically thanks the stranger saying thanks for saving us whoever you are. And the stranger then says, I ordered the Mecha shark to scout, report, and fire. But if it keeps trying to eat ships, there won't be anything left to salvage. I must have bungled the programming. Forgive me, but did you just say I saved you? Oh, you naive pirates. I work for the government. Despite my mediocrity, they like to call me their scientific genius. You can call me... Dr. Vegapunk. And boy, has social media taken this character and lost their marbles. Googly moogly, people are losing it about Dr. Vegapunk being revealed in person for the first time right here, right now, as a young-looking female. Now, uh, One Piece is on break until... The following week so we're not going to get a new chapter next week so we're going to have to kind of you know use this to uh um feed our hunger for what the hell is going on right now right uh <laughs> so let's dial it back a little bit right this is the first on-screen appearance of Dr. Vegapunk Um, This is really huge because, like I said, it's the first on-screen appearance. We've never seen Vegapunk's face before in any form of One Piece, whether it be the manga or the anime. That is not to be confused with a silhouette. I have the silhouette actually right now in my background image. This is the only silhouette we've ever seen of Vegapunk. Now, a couple things with this silhouette, right? Naturally, when you look at this silhouette your first reaction is like, yeah, that's probably a dude, right? <laughs> that is that is likely a dude uh, with his lab coat and his striped shirt and his evil scientist gloves. That is likely an old dude. And since Vegapunk has always been hinted at throughout, goodness, like very early One Piece, um, it was always assumed that if he's the smartest person in the world there's just this natural default assumption that you assume where it's like oh yeah he must be an old man you know just because he he's an old scientist he probably has decades upon decades of knowledge and it's just your default your your default assumption going to that conclusion now when i saw the image of vega punk at the end of this chapter of course i was a gobsmacked scob smacked <laughs> because i was like oh my god uh vega punk's a girl but um you know that's that that is so crazy i always assumed that vega punk was an old man but it was never confirmed if he was or was not so that's on me for making that that weird assumption but then the more i thought about it i started thinking was it just an assumption that i made or was there some concrete stuff that was referenced in One Piece before that would lead a viewer or a reader to go back and think, wait a minute, um, Vegapunk is an old man, and I'm going to assume that they're an old man for the rest of the series. So I did, I, I, I of course did um, some digging, and I basically found out that yes, Vegapunk was indeed uh, referenced to be an old man early in One Piece. Uh, And I'm trying to bring that up as we speak right now. Because I I, want to give you guys the exact page, or not the exact page, but, you know, the exact chapter and episode that this was referenced in. Uh, Okay, so basically in... Let's see here. Chapter 658 of the manga and episode 582 of the anime. And just to have some perspective, I believe... If we're talking about chapter 658, this was likely in... um, If if we're talking about chapter 658 of um, One Piece, this puts us in about... I want to say Punk Hazard. Yeah, this puts us in Punk Hazard territory. So that's how long ago this was uh, on what I'm going to reference. But um, at the time of Chapter 658 of One Piece, Vegapunk had yet to make an appearance, but a G5 Marine stated that he is an old man, suggesting that he is at an elderly age. Now, from here on out, Vegapunk has been referenced with he, him pronouns. And then that's when I realized, wait a minute. So this was not an assumption that I had. This was confirmed in One Piece that Vegapunk was an old man. I mean, Oda has said it. Now, some people are kind of running in circles trying to say, Oh, Oda's retconning. Oda's retconning. Or Oda forgot. Oda didn't expand. Let, let's calm down a, a little bit, okay? Um, Oda is very particular on when he says certain things when he reveals certain things and just you know how he drip feeds uh content to us um oda saying that vega punk is an old man could very well be true and then at the same time with this chapter vega punk being an uh, a young woman could also likely be true what do i mean by this If you look closely at Vegapunk in in this chapter of One Piece, the recent one. If you look closely at Vegapunk, on her her breast, (laughs) on her jumpsuit, I guess, where her breast is. I don't know how else to describe it. She has the word punk spelled out and the number two. The number two is very important. This could likely mean... This is a body that Vegapunk, just one body that Vegapunk has transferred his consciousness into so that he can continue his work doing multiple different things. So, for example, what, what I think is likely going on here with, with, um, with Vegapunk, I think Vegapunk is indeed an old man. And it's at this point, uh, you know, I'm I'm likely getting into uh, theory territory of One Piece, right? But but this is what I think is happening in regards to this I think Vega punk being the lead scientist right in um you know the world he likely has technology that we've never seen before in one piece I think this guy is actually an old man like Vega punk originally was an old man whether or not he was like a brain in a jar because again we don't know we don't know how old he is right we don't know if old means like oh he's like you know, Doctor Kareha, like he's in his uh, hundreds. Uh, he's over a hundred years old at this point. Um, we don't know if he's old like that, or again, technology with this guy, he could be a brain in like a tube or something. He could be from. He could be centuries old. But again, that's kind of me going out there. I don't know. I'm not too confident in that area. We, uh, what I am confident in. What I am confident in is uh, Vegapunk is indeed originally an old man. Or at least was an old man. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I think for the preservation of his, uh, for lack of better words, beautiful mind. So that, you know, he... And so also he could keep researching at like double, triple, quadruple the speed than just one person doing his job for him. He kind of split his consciousness into multiple uh, bodies. And I think this body that we saw at the end of this chapter of One Piece is his second body, his number two. He likely has a number three, a number four, number five. He probably has a bunch of bodies with his consciousness, and they're all probably different. One, like the one we saw here, is a young woman Another one might be a young man, one might be a little kid, one might be a dog, one might be an animal, one might be a cat. There's so many bodies that this guy can have, and I think he did this, uh, again, assuming that this is a body of Vegapunk, I think he did this so that should anything happen to one of those bodies, it's just one body. He has so many other bodies that his consciousness is in that he can, you know, manipulate that and basically continue his research. If you, if the Straw Hats, for example, for whatever reason, were just like, oh crap, Vegapunk's working for the government. We got to fight him right now. And Luffy, Gomu Gomu no, stomps uh, a hole straight through uh, Miss Vegapunk's chest, um, that doesn't mean Vegapunk's dead. There's likely another Vegapunk body somewhere else, and it likely has Vegapunk's consciousness in it. Now, as to what the purpose is, as to why um, Vegapunk has so many different bodies, again, it could be that this guy has a laboratory of a bunch of Vegapunks, you know, with his consciousness in the, the different robot bodies doing the work for him, because there's only so much work that one person can do to explain this island being 500 years in the future i can believe that vega punk has a lab with likely hundreds of different vega punk robots but with his consciousness in them that's conducting research conducting experiments and progressing the science of One Piece further and further. And I think that's probably why you see such advancements in the government that you don't see anywhere else in the world. I really do think this is probably a body of Vegapunk. So, again, Oda was not wrong. Oda was not retconning what he said before about Vegapunk being an elderly man. I still think—and for all we know, here's another thing. For all we know, the elderly man— could be just a robot that vegapunk showed those those uh those marine men we probably don't even know if vegapunk really is an old man it could be something where vegapunk originally was an old man but he split his consciousness amongst a bunch of bodies so the way you could think of that is like oruchi maru from naruto or uh oh my god uh the horcruxes and harry potter the with voldemort a uh, terrible example but um this is likely what happened uh he split his body amongst multiple different robots and you know this right here this number two robot is the young female one that could be one scenario or the other scenario is uh, we don't know what Vegapunk originally was. We don't know if he was male, female, whatever. Uh, but the body that these Marines back in Chapter 658 saw, and likely what the rest of the government knows, is they only saw a old man robot uh, of Vegapunk. So they assume Vegapunk is just an old man. Whereas he probably has so many other robots with his consciousness in them that... It's like, who is he? Who is Vegapunk? We still don't know. Um, so that's what I think about Vegapunk. This chapter alone was insane because, again, we got to see Vegapunk, um, you know, at the forefront. And that kind of shows us what kind of arc we'll be getting into next. Um, I know some people are saying that we think this is going to be like a Frankie-focused uh, arc. I mean, Frankie is the tech guy on the ship. I totally understand that. It's just, I don't know if they're really going to focus on Frankie in this arc. I could be entirely wrong. They could very well just uh, primarily focus on Frankie and his character growth in this Vegapunk-centered arc. Because, again, Frankie is a shipwright, and the shipwriting industry has a science to it. So if he goes onto Vegapunk's Island, he's probably going to get some cool things to work on and add to the Straw Hat ship. But at the same time, um, you know, I I, kind of go back to Wano a little bit. And uh, even though Wano was not part of the final saga of One Piece, right now we are in the beginning of the final saga. Wano's not considered a part of that. Uh, but when I look back in Wano, you know, that to me was an arc that could have expanded on Zoro as a character. Now, at that point, you're probably asking, well, what did you want from Zoro in an arc like that, in Wano? Wano was an arc that Oda was always looking forward to in One Piece, um, and it was a samurai, um, you know, focused arc, uh, a samurai themed island, very, uh, very much inspired by feudal Japan. And obviously if it's feudal Japan, there's going to be samurai. And if there are samurai, there's going to be swords. Zoro is a swordsman. I naturally assumed along with the rest of the fandom, Zoro was going to get this great, great arc in a uh, Wano where again, this is his arc. This is a, this is a land where There are swordsmen left and right. There's probably blades he's never seen before. He's probably going to clash blades with people he's never even heard of before uh, in Wano. So... Because Oda didn't take Zoro in that direction in Wano, you know, Zoro still had a moment or moments in Wano. Don't get me wrong. It's not like Oda just slept on Zoro and didn't have him do anything. But, again, I expected a little bit more out of Zoro in that arc. So, to then now say, oh, Frankie's getting this arc in Vegapunk land. I, I don't know. I... The pattern for me the precedent has been established um we might get some moments with frankie like you know he, he might you know revel in the vega punk land of you know this research facility because again i think in the time skip during the time skip training segment that all the straw hats were split off uh split up from i think frankie went to vega punk's an abandoned Vegapunk facility? I, I I could be wrong on that. Again, I, I'm just going off of memory. But I think Frankie studied at a at an abandoned Vegapunk facility. So Frankie's should be kind of familiar with Vegapunk to some degree, at least, you know, tech wise. Um but again, I I I don't see this being a Frankie focused arc. I I I just don't see it. I'm sorry uh but aside from that uh it doesn't look like vega punk's on our side you know at the end of the day vega punk is a member of the world government and at first for a long time we all assumed vega punk was likely uh being forced under the world government uh against his or hers will and doesn't really want to be there but as this chapter has showcased to us um it, it it looks like vega punk um you know, he she he or she is on the side of the Marines. They're like, "Hey, um yeah, you shouldn't be thanking me for saving you. I am a member of the world government. JoJo Pose. I am Vegapunk." And and there we go. The chapter ends. Roll credits. Um but yeah, I don't I don't see um Vegapunk siding with them for too long. But I think Vegapunk is a good person. Uh, looks can be deceiving, I don't know, again, we, we might be getting bamboozled by um, the, uh, the, the the female persona that he's taking on right now, uh, so just a recap, I really do think uh, Vegapunk, th- this is one of Vegapunk's bodies, I do think Oda was accurate in saying hundreds of chapters ago that uh, Vegapunk was an old man, but that can just mean that wasn't one of his bodies, the old man was one of his bodies or the old man is the original body and these are the bodies that we're seeing right now so right now we've only seen one robotic body and that is this vega punk model number two so we'll wait and see what happens we're on break for basically two weeks uh with one piece so Uh, We're gonna have to wait and see you know what happens with the chapter uh, from here on out Let us know what you all think about this down in the comments below I'm really curious to see where people are when it comes to Vegapunk Did you guys expect Vegapunk to be a a young-looking female? Or or do you think this again is maybe just one out of many bodies that Vegapunk has? Um, (laughs) Funny enough um i think it's 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 one of many bodies just because uh recently um dragon ball z Dokkan battle is having its worldwide celebration anniversary and metal cooler is on the celebration from dbz if you guys don't know who metal cooler is he's metal cooler freezes brother anyways i digress i'm getting sidetracked i'm not getting more into that metal cooler has a clone army that's all i'm gonna. <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say about that uh but yeah uh metal (laughs) metal cooler i think vega punk has multiple bodies um i'm curious to see uh how jewelry bonnie ties into all this what business she has with vega punk and how Luffy and the gang are gonna meet up with um the rest of the straw hats it's very interesting let me know what you all think down below and um Let us know what you all think, your theories, your thoughts. If you guys want to catch us recording these live, check out our Twitch channel at Dr. Jace Attorney. If you guys go on there, uh, we're recording live as we speak. And uh, from there, we're going to upload the episode to all the streaming platforms that we've been uploading to before, which, of course, includes um, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, at the Yonko Table. But if you want to catch us live and, hey, maybe you drop a few questions in the chat, maybe we can answer them at the end of the pod and uh, see what everyone has to say. But, yeah, yeah. That's all for this week's folk. I am your Yonko host, Dr. Jace Attorney, wrapping up One Piece Chapter 1061 on the Yonko table. Peace and out. Have a good rest of your day.